going on, man? What's happening? Happy Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, happy Wednesday, bro. How was uh how was the trip to Spain? Awesome, dude. Awesome. Barcelona's crazy. Great city, sea's nice. I mean, nothing but good things to say about Spain. What'd you do? Anything fun? Um, I mean, I did all like that touristy kind of stuff, see all the landmarks, etc. But I mean, I spend most of my time by the water, man. I mean, I like the water. Was it like Miami out there? I mean, yeah, like palm trees. Like my girlfriend kept saying, like, oh, this is like Florida. And I thought, like, you've never been to Florida. So I don't know. <laughs> like, I guess for movies. But yeah, it is. It is like a Florida, you know, Miami type of vibe. Nice, man. Nice. It's good for you to get a uh, break. I feel like you've been grinding uh, 24-7 lately. So. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with logistics. I mean, three, four-day vacation seems short. But when you're there, it's really nice. I mean, it's all we really have time for. So. Well, it should be a fun week. Um, I know we have Lydia today, and then we got your friend uh, friend tomorrow. Um, I've known Lydia for, what, a while now, well over a year. Um, she's got a great story and uh, you know, great salesperson and a lot of experience. Uh, yeah, we're excited to uh, excited to have her on. Yeah, same, man. Uh, let's bring her on. Let's get started. Hey, Lita. Hey, Lita. How are you? Good. How about you? We're doing good. We're doing good. How's your uh, week in beautiful uh, South Carolina? It is really great. The weather is getting better, so I'm looking forward for the spring. Uh, are you still <laughs> liking it there? I, th I feel like every time I talk to you, you're talking about uh, moving somewhere else. So Yes, well, I want to move to Florida, so, you know, it is in the process. Uh, one, yes. one warmer weather place to a uh, another warmer weather place. I don't think you have Minnesota or Alaska or New York or anywhere cold on your list. So well, I have uh, I have lived in Massachusetts, which is pretty cold, and I have been born in uh, Armenia, which also is having having like four weathers. So I am ready for the beach, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm well, worried about Florida's weather. Uh, I couldn't live there. Too, too many hurricanes, too many problems over there. Well, oh, everyone, everyone says that, but I actually lived there for nine months, and uh, there is no hurricane. I don't know what they are talking about. <laughs> I've never seen a hurricane. <laughs> it is just raining, and people like make a big deal. They And my parents sometimes call, oh, are you okay? I say, yeah, I'm okay. It is just raining. Just calm down. You know, it is just regular rain. <laughs> I don't know why they're making it a big deal. I never been in a big hurricane, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, tell us how you got your start uh, in logistics. I know you moved from Armenia to the U.S. Um, and then you became a a truck driver. But I don't know your background. Were you trucking in Armenia before? How did you uh, how did you get into logistics? Oh no, I never trucking in Armenia. I was just driving my car in Armenia. That was my driving experience. And I actually, uh, my my dad was very, very mad at me because I learned on his car how to drive. And you can imagine what happened to his car. So when I moved to America, and I told my dad, dad, look, I got a CDL. I'm a commercial professional driver. And he said, okay, good, good luck with that. <laughs> so he was not believing that I got my CDL. But also lately, some people in LinkedIn, like they, they say that, you know, I'm fake. I'm just faking it. So I just want to show my certificate that I have been working in Herjbak 2016. As you can see, Lida Hakopian Tabolic. I have been a commercial driver for one year. I was driving reefer with my back and husband. So, uh, that was a great experience to see all America and, you know, get into logistics. Yeah, that's what my friends say that came from over here to America, became truck drivers. Uh, they said, you know, seeing the country is one of the, the biggest benefits of that job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so because in movies we see like this Las Vegas, New York, you know, Los Angeles, Hollywood, but real America is not like that. It is even more beautiful. So it was great yeah. experience. My driver told me the West is his favorite. When he goes through Arizona and stuff, he's just always taking pictures, always, you know. Like, uh, yeah. So why would I pay to go go see the country when they can pay me to see the country? So that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So how was uh, how was that experience as a uh, as a driver? Um, you went through CDL training, and then you picked a company, and you're just 
hauling uh hauling reefer solo or as a team or yeah so that was also a very interesting story because i didn't go any school i just got to i back then we were living in florida so i went to dmv i got this manual i studied for two days and i went and i passed all my three uh, exams and now i was you know allowed to drive with someone who is already having cdl so um, back then my husband he was uh, driving a reefer so i say look i got my uh, permit so i'm ready to rock the highway so <laughs> you have to teach me <laughs> and he was not even believing because i didn't tell him that i will you know get my cdl and then um, we started to drive during the like breaks i was just doing pre-trip inspection learning all the parts and uh, parking and i made an appointment in florida uh, back then actually they were letting you to take this exam without going to school i think they changed that rule nowadays but before i could get this exam without going to school so i only spent 257 dollars on my cdl and i took my exam between two unloadings so i we had one peak two drops in florida so we dropped first first part and then we still had meat because we were moving tyson meat and we still had meat and this guy he said uh, so tell me how you're gonna do inspection for the you know doors and then i was trying to show him i said but don't get you know surprised because we have meat over there and we can't even do barbecue for you <laughs> if you give me my cdl <laughs> i think the guy just liked me and of course i'm not the best uh, parking girl but i tried my best you know i parked i did this parallel parking i did whatever he asked me as best as i could uh but yeah i think the so guy you was brought a loaded truck to to, to your license yes. <laughs> yes, me, me from Tyson. It was park. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, I thought about you know doing the CDL thing too, and the only thing that worried me was reversing the trailer because I used to drive small trailers. That seems to be the hardest part of it. Oh opinion. yeah, it was hard. Plus, this trailer was guys. It was fifty-three feet trailer, and the exams that you have to take it is you have to take it with forty-eight trailer. And I was in Saint Petersburg, Florida, and. People, uh, if they live in Florida, they will know that St. Petersburg is one of the oldest cities in Florida, maybe, and the roads are not wide. So you cannot like do like great turns with this 53. So I was driving all over. I am glad I didn't, you know, hit anyone. But <laughs> the guy knew that it is hard, you know, with 53 trailer. So yeah, I passed that exam and I got my CDL. Were you a uh, owner operator or were you working for a, uh, a company? You said you met your husband in, in trucking? No, no. Um, we were working, it is called Herjbach. They are based of Dubuque, Iowa, and they are only doing reefer. They work with Tyson. Most They have big contracts with Tyson. Oh, okay. And yeah, so you yeah. were doing team team runs with, yeah, your, with yes. your husband with yes, the company yes. in Iowa. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. It's a... Uh, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but I find it interesting. You hauled reefer as a carrier, but majority of your freight as a broker, you oh, stay yeah. away from reefer. Right? Tell me about that. When I decided to become a freight broker, I said, okay, I know reefer. Let me go and find reefer customer. And I found one reefer customer. And maybe he's watching and or he's following me. He's LinkedIn. He was my first customer and he taught me a lot but I got freaked out I got scared because he was very strict every morning 5 a.m he's emailing you guys need to do this you you need to do this and it was going to Bronx New York from California to Bronx New York high points New York so like very difficult location you know for truck drivers and strict appointments uh, I say no I don't want to deal with this stress and uh you know, I know that Reefer also has a lot of damages, shortages, claims. So I say, no, I would go with flood. But because I always liked geometry, you know, uh, I became a Reefer driver, not by my choice. You know, it just happened. <coughs> my husband was working with Reefer, but I always was interested of this RGN, overdimensional military flatbed loads. That's what, that has been something that I have been always interested in. So. 
You, you play a lot of Tetris when you were a kid? Huh? You play that game Tetris a lot, you know, geometry <laughs> game? Uh, well, uh, no, but I have seen lots of military stuff. That's why I guess I started to like it. What uh, what made you make the decision to uh, go from being a truck driver to a you know broker? What was your thought process, or what kind of happened that you know led up to that? No, that's not how it happened. So when I was truck driver, then we opened our uh, trucking company, and we grow from one to five truck in one year. So I was not transitioning from trucking to freight broker. I started to do the fleet management, hiring truck drivers, dispatching, safety and compliance. So I was doing everything, you know, uh, you know, back office stuff and dispatching. So and then uh, after I saw, you know, how this process goes and sometimes I would get mad at brokers because they were getting on my nerves. They were not paying me the rates I wanted. I was arguing with them. I was in Alex's position. So basically I was mad at them. <laughs> and then I said, yeah, you know what? I will just become a broker and I will be a little bit better than they are. So that was my, you know, transition. Oh, <coughs> how did you how did you find a company to uh you know to work for then you were just you know one day you were like i'm tired of these brokers i want to be a a broker and then did you look at different companies or or were you thinking of going in the office or what kind of you know how do you you know how did you get into it no well i opened my brokerage and i found a couple of customers who were go giving me quotes but because i didn't have experience credit score you know i was not able to move that lot and then i tried to apply a couple of brokerages i applied logistics dynamics i think freight tech maybe reached out to me and i did a couple of interviews maybe five six like famous brokerages and uh, everyone was asking me the report if i have moved lot and i didn't have any report because i didn't move any lot but freight tech took a chance on me my recruiter and, um, you know, I told him that here is my, the list of my customers. They did credit checks. They saw that they are available. And then I right away, I asked my customers, look, I'm moving to freight tech because with my brokerage, it is hard to move. And then they started to give me lots from day one. And it started to pick up. Nice. Yeah. How, what was the biggest shock uh, for you going from being a driver, dispatcher, you know, owning your own fleet to being a broker? What was the biggest, uh, you know, adjustment for you? Well, I think that that was not like very shock, shock experience because I kind of know already what's going on. But I remember my first lot, I was really nervous because my first lot, actually, guys, my customer gave me from Midwest to Utah. I posted it for $5,000. Of course, I was new broker. I have to post. I don't have any carriers. It was a flatbed lot. And then when driver calls me, I didn't even let him negotiate. I say, I will pay you $5,500. Can you take it? And they, they agreed to take it. I made $500. They made $5,500. Everyone was happy. But all the way, it was two, three-day trip. I was nervous because... I don't see the truck. I don't know what's going on, but it was very, it went up really good. So that was yeah, my, like, uh, as a broker, I think Matt talked about it too. You know, that first shipment, couple shipments where you guys are sitting, staring at the GPS, like waiting, calling the driver. I yeah, feel like yeah. if I switched to brokerage, I would be, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm already nervous when I see the truck stuck at a delivery or I see yes. them rolling to a pickup as a carrier. I mean, I can only imagine as a broker, your first load, that the amount of you know, three-day transit load. <laughs> yes. And I didn't send macro points. So I had just two phone calls. Yeah. Yeah, just calling him and trusting him for three days that he's gonna get there. Yes. How did you uh how'd you find your first customer? Was uh you know cold call, cold email, um, LinkedIn? How did you find your uh, first customer? Yes, I, I think I tried everything, guys. I did call calling, I did LinkedIn, I did face-to-face -face visiting, but I think uh, my first customer came from LinkedIn. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was on the flatbed side, because you still are, you do some drive-in too, or are you still pretty no, much? 
I don't do driver. Well, I, when I say first customer, I mean the first lot. I, that was I found more customers before him, but that was the first lot I moved. You know, so that was a flood. But first customer, I think I found this reefer guy, but I didn't move his lot. Yeah, I, I remember you, you. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I have like a double-sided question. Um, how did you first start, you know, thinking, hey, I'm going to start posting on LinkedIn, start making? Because I see, obviously, like we, we all know each other. We all see each other around. Um, what kind of made you think, hey, I'm going to start this whole LinkedIn thing? Well, I had LinkedIn guys back in Armenia, actually. I, I did uh, I did uh, one training and everyone was talking about LinkedIn and I don't know what is LinkedIn. So I just had it, another account. And then when I went uh, you know, do more research about um, how to become a freight broker, and then I uh, bought Dennis Brown course, and he also has a course uh, about LinkedIn, and uh, it is called No Call Calling. So of course, the title is very attractive because who wants to make call call, right? So I said, okay, maybe this is for me. And I got, <laughs> I bought his course, yes. And then that's how I started to, you know, um, post in LinkedIn and grow my network. Uh huh. And then, so second part of that question is because I saw you make this post. Um, I mean, I've seen you around for a long time, but the the one post you made that I, I really like, you know, was uh, kind of connected with, was you said you were doing some cold calling, you know, as a broker to get customers, but like you didn't do that full time. You were doing that kind of on the side yes. until you landed a customer or two, which yes. I think, you know. So what, what were you doing as your main job, you know, your full-time job? Yes, Alex, I was like dispatcher. I had five trucks. And at one point, I even got another trucking company. They had seven trucks. So I was doing 12-track dispatching. Uh, so, so you were dispatching. My customers, I found it during the weekend. <laughs> I didn't see it 9 to 5 or 8 to 5, do 100 phone calls, you know, yeah. following up. All I was doing during the weekend. Yeah, so you were doing dispatch like what I do full time, yes. and just in your spare time, you know, you were yes. cold calling. Yes, yeah, yes. that's Alex, a really good strategy. Like. Yeah, I think <laughs> Alex is asking because he's considering being a broker. Yeah, yeah, I'm considering yeah. that exact strategy, the exact same yes. strategy. That, you know, I am I telling you the exact strategy. I am not telling this from the books or, uh, you know, from all of these uh, 100 year experience guys. No, just. Doing it during the weekend, you have the LinkedIn. Uh, people are more responsive during the weekend. And I was not even asking for business. And lately, I made a post about telling storytelling, right? Telling your story. And people are, again, not liking my post. They say, oh, you have to focus on the customer. You don't have to focus on your story. Of course, I understand. I have been in this for a long time. I know you have to focus on the customer. But for me, what worked is that people saw I am a truck driver. I shared my story that I, I know, you know, all of this stuff. I am trustworthy. I have experience. I know what I am doing. I shared my story. Then when I reach out to them, they don't think who is this lady or who is this guy? They didn't see me. They just hearing my voice for the first time. Because if I get a phone call, I don't know that person, I hang up because I don't have time for that. <laughs> I don't have time that they ask me questions. What problems do you have? Listen, I'm busy. I have lots of problems. Can you come and cover my loads? I don't have time for answering, you know, what is your problem? What challenges you face? No, I just hang up. But if someone reach out in LinkedIn, I know him. I know her. I saw who he is. I'm more willing to talk. And again, people say, oh, no, you have to call and ask questions. No, you have to build that connection. You have to build that credibility before you go and start taking his 10-minute, 20-minute time so that he can give you this opportunity. You can ask questions. If he doesn't know, he will not listen to you. I don't listen anyway. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, if you build yeah, up, I, mean, I get guys. I get twenty call calls. I cannot listen everyone, so I need to let let my job apart, my kids, everything, and listen. Like you know, all these questions that I I don't you know care at this moment because I don't know the sales guy. Yeah, but you're right. I think when you said you know building up your credibility through posting on LinkedIn, through sharing your personal story, you know you, you do have more credibility. Yeah. 
then I'm obviously more likely to to run freight for people I see on LinkedIn. You know, they they hit me up rather than somebody sends me an email. I've never seen them. I don't know them. I don't know anything yeah. about them. Um, I Even think Matt, I knew Matt like he was posting about his challenges. About he has been a chess player. I know when Matt calls, he asks questions. But when Matt calls as a Matt from LinkedIn, I'm sure that he gets <laughs> he will get better response, better positive response right matt and it is easier for us too because when i call someone i don't know this person even easier for me when i find someone in linkedin i saw his face right i know that he's a shipping manager that's how he looks that's what he likes what's that's what he posts that's what his company does now i kind of know this person i can talk to him as a friend not like as a robot you know just asking questions robot was the word in my head at that moment too yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i mean it's all about relationships i mean you hit it on the head and you know building building rapport how long how long have you been posting on linkedin when did you get on uh, uh i am i am not i am trying to be consistent this year last year i gave up for five months and i noticed how bad it is but I think I, I posted like around one and a half year, but six months I quit it. Absolutely. So yeah, I took a little yeah. bit of a break, you know, I'm slowing down from posting every day to posting, you know, my, I don't know. Yes. yes. You just like a burnout at some point, you know, I yeah. think it, it happened to me too. I went on that vacation. I was like, this yeah. is so nice to not look at my phone ever. Like I just didn't even like, I used my phone for GPS. That was it. Yes. Uh, it was nice. Yes. It's nice to get away for a bit. Yes. Um, so I want to get back to your your oh, thing quickly about this dispatch thing. Um, mm -hmm. so like, what type of freight? What like was that dry vans, reefer freight? You were just dispatching. You know, yeah, something? it was dry vans, and it was four dry vans, one reefer, and then I added seven dry vans or six dry vans. I don't remember. Yeah, what mostly they were dry vans, fifty-three feet dry vans. What year was that roughly? Like, uh, it was COVID year, year two thousand. I we started yeah. in the hardest year. Like the lots were paying ninety cents dollar per mile. We were just breaking even. We were losing money during the COVID. But then it started to pick up, and the lots were paying five dollars, six dollars. Yeah. So that's when we started to add more. That's trucks. when it was fun. When you work two hours a day, everybody had ten dollars a mile. Ten, you could cover twenty trucks alone in that market. It was great. So. Yeah. Someone asked a, a question. I think we've already oh. we've kind of covered this. Uh, Anthony asked, how much has LinkedIn helped you guys gain customers slash relationships? Question mark. Yeah, I, I would say it helps me most, the most, you know, face to face visiting and LinkedIn. That was that has been my top two ways to, you know, build relationship and get customers. So, I mean, when you say face-to-face, -face, like that, that was something I was thinking about, obviously, since I'm not living in, in America right now. Um, how many times have you moved through the country to, to do that? Or you've just been kind of in, in South Carolina? For yeah, no, just in South Carolina. Alex. Yeah, because we have lots of manufacturing. We have BMW, where I live 15 minutes away is BMW Museum and BMW manufacturing. So there are lots of companies who, you know, bring stuff to BMW and BMW moves stuff. So it's very good. Uh, that's have my you favorite customers in, uh, in South Carolina, then is that where the majority of your customer base is in South Carolina? No, not the majority. I found customers in all America, to be honest with you, but I have customer in South Carolina too, and they have different branches in all around the country. Yes. What was your process when you went and visit? As I visited customers, but they were already current customers. I'm always yeah. curious outside sales reps. I mean, what's your strategy when you just show up at these, uh, you know, these manufacturing yeah. facilities? Oh, that's very fun because I have been a driver. I know you just go to warehouse. You know, I, I don't go to offices. I don't go to this lady because these ladies hate me. Uh, I go to warehouse. I buy cupcakes or I, I bring pizza you know, something uh, nice to eat, something yummy. And then I uh, just say, hey, I'm trying to reach out to your, you know, warehouse manager or shipping manager. So they just call the guy and I talk or they say, you know, he's not here. He's in the main office. They, they gave me the information and then I try to follow up. Nice. But it is very fun. It is even more fun than calling because 
Also, you learn a lot of stuff. It is more time consuming, you know, you cannot busy like more than 10 customers a day, but it is very fun. Are you still doing that? Are you uh, going uh, out every week to you know visit prospects or? Uh, I, you, I was doing it in December, November, but this year I haven't done it to be quite honest with you, but I, I, I will do it. You're probably waiting until it's warmer weather, till summer. Yes, yes. <laughs> also, I have a neighbor. Uh, he lived in this area for her, all, all his entire life, you know, and he said, Lida, I will come with you. He also wants to come and, you know, help me talk to the people because he knows a lot of people here. So, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That nice he will be like my friend coming with me just to talk with, because I, I, you know, he's a Southern guy and I am sometimes don't understand the Southern accent very well. So it is good to have him with me, you know, to talk. Yeah. Uh, John just popped into the comments, 40, 40% in late, but in the house, you, you know, uh, you know, John, um, yeah, how, Rogers? Yes, he's, yes. Uh, hey, John. but, uh, I, I know John would probably be curious about this question, but you know, I know the market's kind of gone, you know, it's more difficult for brokers right now. I mean, has it been difficult for you to, you know, keep a decent, decent margin and, you know, still, you know, keep the volume of, of lanes or, you know, you know, tell us kind of how you've, uh, you know, maintained in this type of, uh, in this type of market. Well, I was actually having this conversation with my CEO when I went to Utah, my margins are actually went higher. I, I don't complain about my margins. Volume definitely got, you know, down because one of my customers or two, they went out of business. I lost one customer because of this, claims that happened you know so volume for me went down but uh, the amount is, is the same let's see what will but also to be quite honest with you 2023 it has been really hard year for me because i was going through some difficult stuff so i didn't prospect a lot so now i'm trying to prospect and i get a couple of good you know potential customers let's see if i can close the deal yeah, I don't blame it for. I don't. I don't like blaming politics, economy, recession. I just blame myself because I didn't prospect. I know that people are still moving trades. So, yeah, I don't like when people, you know, blame others. I, mean, yeah, so. I didn't prospect. If I didn't prospect, how I can blame the economy? If I prospected, then I couldn't find. Then I would say yes, I tried, but it didn't work out. I tried my best. It didn't happen. But if I didn't do it, I would rather blame myself, you know. Oh, that's a great, great philosophy. What uh, what happened? I mean, we, we haven't really talked much about claims on this show. Uh, we've had a lot of brokers, a lot of, you know, sales reps. You know, but claims yeah. are, a, you know, a big part of this, uh, you know, big part of this industry. Um, yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but I mean, was it a, you know, an accident or, you know, what, what kind of happened with the, uh, you know, with the claims process? I always think, you know, those are. An interesting part of the industry is not talked about a whole lot. Oh yeah, so that that was my only claim that happened. So the guy was doing, you know, overdimensional freight, and he crossed one bridge with the same high, but the second bridge he didn't. And I am assuming, because I have been driving in Pennsylvania, it happened in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, New York, whatever, all these states. New Hampshire, you know, they have very low bridges. And sometimes, you know, it might be that the bridge was not accurate or the driver was, you know, not paying attention. But basically, he hit the bridge and he damaged the product, the all, all product. So, and um, yeah, these claims take forever. As a carrier, I also remember I had one time claim with Reefer. It took us like eight, nine months to resolve it. So, it is hard. Did insurance uh, end up paying for it? It got. Uh, it, got it is still. It is still not resolved. I, I don't know what's going on. I I sent all the paperwork. They sent all the paperwork. It is still resolved. Yeah, not resolved. Yeah. I mean, claims is never fun. I remember at one point things like you know we had a floor got damaged of a trailer, a roof got damaged. Um, I ended up fighting like four claims in the same month. And that was just every morning I call them, hey, you guys owe us money. They're like, no, we don't hang up. And it's just like so much 
so much repetition and calling the same people every single day and telling them yes. you broke my trailer you need to pay for it no we don't and it's just every single day yeah i hate claims i honestly i hate claims it's just yeah. so time consuming it's such a simple process you would think you know like you have the the proof of what happened you know you know that they need to pay for it and then you know these companies will just hide forever and push it and push it away um when it's really a simple thing like you broke the trailer you should fix it this is the amount you know like it's yeah. not a hard concept to claims but. well it depends on the insurance company too like there's certain insurance companies that if the low driver forgets to tarp and it's water damage the insurance won't pay uh, there's a big provider out there right now that's doing that so i mean a lot of these insurance companies you know do everything they can not to pay or have different things written you know it's not easy yeah that's um, true. I mean, I don't know. With claims, it depends on the size. You know, when the claims like a couple thousand dollars of like a trailer repair, I always told them like, hey, I don't want to go through insurance. Like, I'm sure you don't want to deal with insurance. Let's just find a shop, get a quote, pay me privately, and let's forget about this. You know? Yeah. yeah when you have claims in the quarter of a million dollar area, people aren't going to just just have a quarter of a million dollars lying around the, the bank transfers. So. Yeah, I agree with Alex, especially when a carrier company gets a claim, it is very bad for for because next code will be higher, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, even like in my personal life, I use that philosophy. I hit somebody, I was like, hey, I'll just give you a thousand today. Let's not call insurance. I don't want to deal with my premiums going up. Well, Luda Inc. Luda Inc. could probably fork out a quarter of a million dollars i mean loot inc is so you know there's a big big right. player out there we're so. actually claimed we're, we're under a claim i don't want to talk about it until it's fixed but we're, we're in a, a claim situation right now with a, a certain big brokerage and the, it's just like a daily thing like hey can we figure this out nope okay <laughs> so but that's the thing with reefer i mean that's why i stay personally far away from reefer just because of all those donation loads and claims, it's just so many variables that, that can go wrong with Reefer. Oh, it's, it's fun. That's what makes it fun. There's more that can go, uh, go wrong. Um, Lydia, let's touch on you know carrier relationships as as well. I mean, have you you want to tell us about some of the you know relationships you've formed with with carriers or you know how it's been for you going from a carrier to a broker? Maybe that's how it's helped you understand you know things you want to just kind of you know talk about you know the carrier side of the business well uh i actually made a post about it that uh, when i was trying to become a freight broker no one was answering my questions you know and then everyone is bragging in linkedin oh you have to build that relationship you have to avoid uh load board if you are using load board you are doing wrong you are the horrible yeah. person. you are a horrible freight broker but uh, uh you 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 don't you cannot forget how you started you know because i'm sure they didn't born and have all this relationship you have to yeah. build relationship oh that's the and thing it takes yeah. steps it takes time it takes one year two years so and these people they are so, you know, full of themselves and proud of themselves that they forget. Like back then, two years ago, they were posting that lot. They didn't have any carrier. So uh, I don't like when people forget, you know, and then just trying to just pretend that they know everything. They have all of these relationships, all of these. They are so cool. No, relationship takes time. You, If you don't have a carrier company, if you don't have this, you know, network, you have to post, but when you post, of course, you have to start building this relationship. And I have been very lucky, especially in Tennessee. I have outbound lots and I have carriers that I just email them, call them, and they take my lots, you know, even if it is cancellation, they just, you know, support me. I call them if they are available, if they are in Tennessee, they will help me. But it takes me one and a half, two years to get there. It doesn't yeah. happen in the first first day first times of course i was posting if it was not driving load and it was flatbed i don't have flatbed i don't have flatbed carriers of course i have to post and there is nothing wrong with that you know uh, everyone is using these load boards they just say oh we don't but i'm sure they do <laughs> especially yeah. if your freight is last minute i mean some 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 sometimes you have to and it takes yeah. time as you said did you yeah. ever work with any carriers from LinkedIn? Do you have any drivers or 
uh, carriers you work with from LinkedIn? I don't have that I work, but it happens a lot, guys. Like, honestly, maybe every week when they call me, oh, Lita, we know you from LinkedIn. Even yesterday, I was calling uh, to dispatch my owner-operator, and uh, he said, oh, I know you. You are Lita from LinkedIn. So I have a lot of people that recognize me. Also, I have in my electronic signature, I, I, I think Outlook shows if you are in LinkedIn, so... That's how also they find that, you know, I'm in LinkedIn. So, yeah, I don't remember a carrier that I booked a lot in LinkedIn, but they called me and they uh, also, after they called me, they recognized me, you know, that's how it happened. I just like that whole thing you're talking about, like the, the people trying to shame everyone for load boards, like. All of my best contacts I found on DAT for the most part, you run a, you know, you run a load with them. The broker does a good job. We do a good job. And you say, Hey, like, let's just keep in touch outside of DAT, you know, like, like using those load boards is how you source, you know, relationships, that's how relationships get formed. Um, yeah. So like you said, I think people forget that, you know, like you used to use the load boards. You didn't have your network at one point. And um, I, I think those load boards are a huge, huge tool to find carriers, to find brokers. You know, when I, when I find a load off the load board and it runs smooth, I tell them, hey, let's keep running some freight, keep in touch, you know? Yeah, uh, sure. it's a really good tool for that. So. Maybe yeah, you guys can all uh, all freight together. I don't know if Lydia does any power only, but maybe you guys. Yeah, you ever yeah, have I any, actually any do power only. Out of Houston, Texas. I didn't know that you're doing power only, but I have a customer out of Houston, Texas, and I do power only. Sometimes. Is it hazmat or is it just normal power? No, it is dump trailer, but it is kind of driving. So they like lift it with forklift and they hook the trailer and that's it. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. we do mostly only power only, but um. I just think yeah. it's interesting, you know, because when when people want to talk about like they want to, like you said, they shame people. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Yes. And I think, you know, the, the tools are there for us to use for a reason. And, you know, if if we're in this kind of thing, like you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't use this website, uh, you're, you're just yeah. limiting yourself right away. You know? Yeah. Okay. We, we did just say like power to... only. <laughs> we have both of us have some power. People like to judge. Okay. I don't First know time. what happened today. I just want to be honest with you guys. I don't know what I did wrong. Maybe you can brighten my light. You know, shed the light or tell me. Like people start to hate me, especially women. I don't know what I did to them. They don't like my selfie. They don't like my advice. I mean. You give advice if you don't like my advice, you know, or you post your picture. Well, like if you're posting your picture, I'm not saying why you post it. It's just let me do what I want to do. This is my personal brand. You build your personal brand the way you want, you know. Uh, no, that's know the same thing I've said to people on LinkedIn. We, we have the same thing. Like people don't like me for, you know, how, how I talk, my posts. And I say the same thing. If you don't like the post, just scroll, just go back, just go past it, you know. Like, you don't have to stop and tell me you hate me or you don't yeah, like my post. They but... can comment. I don't like, I don't want everyone to say, oh, how great you are. No, I am okay. <laughs> no, that's not the point. But, like, you know, commenting stuff that, you know, like old school stuff. You know, this is not Facebook. This is Instagram and mostly old woman, you know. Uh, yeah. We, we are not old. We are young generation. We want to do our way. We want to do it in a modern way. So. Hey, I mean, everybody has advantages in life, whatever they may be. You got to play to your strengths, you know, um, yeah. build your brand how you want to build it, play to your strengths. And obviously you're doing something right. So not everyone's going to be happy with everything everyone does. So. Yeah. Uh, just I mean, genuine. you got to think too. I mean, you, you have, you know, you have what, 11, yeah. 12,000 followers. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to make everyone, everyone happy, but I, I, I think you're one of the, you know, being authentic is, you know, is key in being yourself. Um, you know, I'm sorry to hear that you've you've gotten a lot of a uh, lot of hate recently. You said mostly. The surprising part to me is that you're saying mostly from women, and yeah. I feel like women in this small are you know aren't represented enough on LinkedIn or in general. So you think you would think women would be, you know, supportive, each supportive of each other. You know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I met a couple of good ladies that they supported me, but uh, yeah, some of them they really didn't like whatever I say.
So what's new for you? What's what's your future look like? You you staying with reefer free driving? Are you staying the broker way? Like you know? Well, my future. I, I imagine my future very bright, guys. So I want to do something with. I shared it, you know, with my mentor too. I'm trying to get in this, you know, stressful, covering lots and being afraid broker. I want to transition into like, you know, more marketing, more marketing stuff, you know, stuff of logistics, but I'm still not sure how I will do it. But I don't think that I will be like freight broker for my next 10 years. So... I, I mean, mean, I will keep my customers. I'm not going to give them away, but I want to train them. <laughs> they can, you know, yeah, they can, like, help me, and I do my stuff. That's something that is not as stressful. Also, my kids are growing, you know, with this right brokering. It is very hard to be a good mom, present mom, and at the same time, like, take care of the customers. You're doing a lot of coaching and, uh, you know, training on – I. I don't know if it's on brokering or branding or marketing or on all three, but you want to tell us a little bit about your, you know, coaching. I know you've gotten into that, you know, yeah. recently, and it's in your background too, I think. Yes. I, I started actually last year. I have done it last year, many one-on-one coaching. So I do for freight broker agents or freight brokerage owners, just um, answering because and the reason why I started to do it, because when I started to think how to become a freight broker, I bought the courses and everything. And I'm not trying to, you know, say anything bad about courses. I like the courses. They have been very helpful. I couldn't be where I am without all of these courses. I actually regret going to university. I would rather buy 10 more courses and going University of Massachusetts because that didn't give me anything. But uh, what I realized buying all of these courses that I was lacking this someone who will be like, you know, like being for me there, just 101, you know. So I, I that's why I decided to do this 101 coaching, just to have this one hour, two hour time, 101, to answer that person, to help with its own challenges because everyone has different challenges. Everyone comes from different backgrounds. Like last week, I two weeks ago, I had a guy, he has 60 trucks and he's just reaching out to me to help me to get direct customer for his 60 trucks. And I had people who doesn't have any, you know, experience in logistics. Or I had a lady, she was a reefer truck driver as well. So everyone has different challenges, you know. So I wanted to do this one-on-one so I can just listen their story, know their experience and what are their challenges, what they need help with. And then we go over, answer the questions and I share my folder, email marketing templates. I share the resources and I also build a plan for them, what they have to do to get the results that they want. So that is for brokerage. Well, for personal branding, I did one-on-one few times and I did group coaching last year, but this year I'm trying to, you know, help again because that's what gave me success. I don't want to teach something that I didn't experience, you know. I don't want to teach something that I learned from books. I want to teach something that I did that helped me and maybe will help someone else. So Definitely. I'm also doing this branding thing because I think in 2024 we all need to work on our personal branding. And it is personal branding, so they can post selfies in bathroom or whatever they want to post. It is personal branding, not company branding. Personal, yes. Have you uh, thought of getting on Twitter? I, I noticed you said some truck drivers and trucking owners have uh, you know, reached out to you on LinkedIn. I noticed uh, Twitter is big in with truck drivers and uh, truck driver owners. Um, are you on Twitter? Have you thought of that? No, actually, I had the assistant. She opened for me Twitter, but I never been there. But I, I think I want to be like showing my more savage type of my. So I think I will have to go to Twitter and start posting even in Instagram, doing some reels, you know, not talking about, you know, this uh, stuff that I'm talking in LinkedIn, but something more interesting, more entertaining and more fun, you know. That's what I should do. I mean, I think LinkedIn's kind of evolved 
into more of like uh, everyone's really trying to push it back to being just talk about work, only work. Don't talk about what you did on the weekend. Don't tell people your hobbies. And I think that's kind of going backwards because we had it for a while where we were talking about work. We were all helping each other. It's a great community. And we wanted to learn about each other. And now it's kind of been like shaming people. Like don't post pictures. If, if this doesn't have something to do with this industry, don't post it here. And I think, you know, going to Twitter and, and stuff might be uh, a better solution than to just kind of get crucified on LinkedIn for being a human. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I think I Lydia so. would, would agree with me. And I think no matter what you're doing on, you know, LinkedIn, I mean, it's, it's always good to try to be positive and, you know, helpful. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a negative, a negative post from, from you, Lydia, ever on, on LinkedIn. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I'm actually a very positive person. That's why I, I, it is not that I don't post it. If I have negative something in me, I will. I might post it, but I just post whatever I feel and whatever I experience. Whatever you want to post. Yeah, like what yeah. Comes I mean, you've done all three. I don't think I've met many people that were a truck driver, a dispatcher, like carrier, and a broker. Um, I mean, out of all three of them, what's kind of more fun to you? What's what, what do you like the most out of all of those? Well, to be real, real honest with you, I like driving. It was very interesting for me, but I didn't have kids. So now well, yeah. having a kid, I think freight brokering is the one that, you know, I like. But as I say, I, I just got my owner operator and I kind of enjoying dispatching him, you know, and because uh, my transition was like this, truck driver, dispatcher, freight broker, right? Now, after I became a freight broker, now I'm going back to dispatching and doing freight brokering. It humbled me a lot, to be honest with you, because now I know how to talk with brokers in a different way. Because before I was talking like more aggressive, you know, I was like arguing all the time. Now being a broker and dispatcher, I'm like more humble, like kind of, try to understand both sides, you know, I'm trying to like consider broker rate, carrier rate, and I'm trying to be more like, you know, humble. Uh, actually, it is very interesting, you know, to do it. In this yeah, way. I mean, I think obviously we've all heard it many times, like being a carrier will help you out as a broker, being a broker will help you out as a carrier. Um, yes. Obviously you have to see both sides of things and, um, yeah. That's kind of something, you know, if you've never done those jobs, doing them will help you out. Like, you know, yeah. if you're a carrier that becomes a broker, you'll have better experience dealing with carriers. And yeah. if you've been a broker and you go into being a carrier, you know, you kind of know how they think and what they're doing the yeah. behind the scenes. And, I mean, uh-huh. empathy. We all got to be nice to each other. We come to work to, to work. We're not coming here to scream and yell at each other. I mean, yeah. So. I, I think it'll help Alex if he becomes a, a broker. That's why I'm hoping he becomes a... Uh, yes, well, Alex, I'm here for you. Yeah, you can yeah. try to find <laughs> customers during the weekend. I need customers too. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll do some coaching. We'll figure out. I might take your approach to start cold calling on the side when, when my trucks are yes. covered. <laughs> yes. Also, having a carrier company it helped me a lot because I was telling them I have trucks, you know? I mean... Yeah. See, that was my thing. If I go into brokerage, I'm going to tell them, you know, like I have trucks that I know personally, like they're my friends. Like, you know, a lot of the freight that I take will go on to trucks that I know personally or yes. I've dispatched in the past or companies I've worked at. And yeah. I think that's like a cool strategy for, for prospecting. And know? again, some people say, oh, don't call and say you have trucks. Well, if I have trucks, what I should say? I have trucks. Like that's <laughs> what I am selling, right? They need trucks. I have trucks. So very simple. Why you have to like make a big deal? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, as far as sales go, I've I've kind of Matt's grown on me with this topic. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I'm honestly, I, you're bringing up sales. I almost yeah, fell off. My yeah, because, right now. <laughs> man, when I met Nicola the other the other week, um, he's also he's a broker in Europe, and um, you know, the first question I thought about Matt, the first question I asked, I'm like. So how do you call, you know, how do you cold call? What's your, your tips for cold calling? And it was just, you know, that's a topic I've grown to kind of enjoy on this show. Um, I mean, you have any tips? Like what, what, what do you do that's different than what, you know, most regular people do? You're asking me? Yeah, yeah. Like what, you have any tips for cold calling? You have any tips for, you know, getting customers? Yeah. 
My first call calling, thanks to Melissa. She's my mentor. She has been my mentor. She, I, I was scared to call call because I am not speaking perfect English. You know, English is my third language. I don't know what to say because everyone's saying, don't say that you have tracks, bring value, ask questions. How should I say it? What should I say it? So Melissa sit with me online and she say, Lida, that's how we have to do it. She, she did a couple of calls for me and I see how it goes. I also watch some YouTube videos called Calling Live. And then my, my approach is don't sound like a robot and don't sound this salesy guy, you know, just be yourself. I, sometimes even now I call, I say, hey, I'm a single mom. I need business, like just straight to the point. Yeah, they say, oh, like tell what you can bring. Well, I can, I know what I can bring. I have tracks, I have experience, I will move your lot. And even last day, my customer said, Lida, I had this lady who called me every day, two times. And he, he's a very nice guy, he's my favorite. And he said, okay, sister, I'm gonna give you a chance. And he gave me lots, the same lot that he gave it to me as well. And the girl quoted him $500 more. And then he said, look, Lida is my go-to freight broker. I have been working with Lida and she beat you with $500. So don't call me again. So like when I call, I just tell, look, I have you know, tracks. I have this experience. And uh, of course, I'm doing research. Who is a person? I know how he looks, what they are moving. And then just trying to, you know, see if I can get opportunity also sometimes i most of the time i call my receivers like let's say shipper is my that's what you can do alex you do power only let's say shipper is a broker's customer don't call the shipper you can call the receiver i call the receiver hey i just delivered the lot do you have any outbound freight very simple you know you talked about doing your research and i i think that's that's key. So, I mean, you're not just blindly Googling random companies yeah. and calling them. You're looking into them, doing yeah. your homework. You know, yes. Or I you don't know work. how long he has been in the company, what university he went, you know, like something that to talk about. I mean, these things, Cal, like if you talked about this out of context, it's like almost like you're stalking people to get afraid, you know, like, that, like everybody says the same thing. You got to know about them. You got to know, you know, their, their favorite sports. You got to know their university. Like, I feel yeah. like it's like borderline stalking people. You, know? you see, Alex, like when everyone, we talk about personalized messages, right? So what you can find out from LinkedIn, like LinkedIn is not Facebook, right? You, I mean, I'm not going to find about his family. Like I go to LinkedIn, what I see, he has been in this company for 10 years. I say it is great you have been in this company for 10 years, you know, it must be a great company to work for. Or I see you, he just got hired. Oh, congratulations, you just got hired. <laughs> I think it is a great thing, you know, to say because the, he just got a new job and he's excited, you are excited. And even Matt, I think he talked that it is best to find customers when just they just got hired because they will bring their own brokers. Yeah, I mean, you know, just doing some research. Yeah, just those finding those little things to talk about, like you said, the yes. call, be like, hey, like, I see you like this, this thing, like, or, you yeah. know, just I to break the ice quickly, like. If I see him, sometimes I have a customer, he has a picture in LinkedIn with his girls, and I have girls, so now we have something to talk about. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I mean, like, just being a person, I think that's the moral of every story of every single person we've had on the show, like, just be yourself, be a human. Yes. You know, do, also, do I work from home. I am lonely, you know, I like to talk to people. And <laughs> I notice lately everyone says we are they are introvert. Uh I am not introvert. I am extrovert. I, I think people think that being introvert is harder than extrovert, but I think extrovert also has some difficulties because I'm talking. I'm talking, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes I just wish I cannot talk as much as I talk, but yeah. How, it is not that introvert is good or extrovert is good. No, they both have their own challenges. How is the uh, freight broker community in South Carolina? Have you had a chance to meet with any other brokers there, or any other carriers? And 
Maybe you should start a transportation group in South Carolina for. Uh... I was thinking. Actually, I I am invited to one of my girls, Jamira. She's doing uh, in Augusta, Georgia, which is not too far away from me. So she's doing her first meetup with you know logistics people. But yeah, I was thinking to do it in South Carolina. I will see if I stay here. I will do. But I have I don't have any community in South Carolina, as far as freight brokers. I have tracking companies. I have gone to truck stop to meet my truck drivers. I invited them to dinner. So I have my friends, mostly truck drivers. That's what I would say. I'm friends with truck drivers. <laughs> we we connect better with truck drivers, I think. Yeah, I mean, same. I've had my drivers when, when they come over here for vacation, because a lot of them are from this country um, yeah. that I'm good friends with. They, they come over here. We have lunch. We have, like... I like truck drivers, man. Like they're they're chill people. Like you know, yes, they, they do yeah. a hard job. So when they have their free time, they're always in a good mood. Like, yes. like you ever see a truck driver outside of his truck? He's always happy. Like, like you see them at a restaurant, they're always in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I mean, yeah, like it's it's interesting to see somebody that was a driver and then went into you know the carrier thing and then went into freight brokerage, like. There's not many people that have done every single one of those things, you know. And uh, I think for most, being a driver, like most people have never driven a truck. And I think that's kind of one of those things where, like, I don't know how you guys can do it. I don't know. Like, I had this conversation last night with a friend of mine, and uh, we ran the numbers. Like, I used to drive from Toronto to Montreal um, sometimes, you know, here and there. Yeah. And we ran the numbers. It's like 300 miles or like 400 miles. And I was like, I hate that drive, you know. And uh, I don't know how drivers, you know, six, seven hundred miles, five, six days a week. Um, it's just when you think of it, it's so, so difficult job, you know. Yes. So, I mean, did you run OTR? Like, were you running miles like that? You know, five, six hundred a day? Or were you doing more kind of local things? But, well, uh, before we were driving from South Carolina to New Jersey, Pennsylvania, back and forth. That was the lane that I was mostly doing. Yeah. Now... I am just sending my driver wherever pays good, you know. Follow <laughs> the money. Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's the strategy. I've been, uh, I stepped into kind of driver recruiting the past week or two. Uh -huh. um, what? We've had, yeah, really? like we've just been, yeah, I got a list of like 15 names to call. So I've been like the driver recruiter uh, the past yes. few days. And um, I mean, I think that's a really fun thing to do, man. I love, like, I tell them straight off when I start a driver recruiting phone call with a new driver, I'm like, Hey, I'm from this company. I'm not a driver recruiter, but like I'm the guy that books the freight. You know, if you're interested in coming here, let's talk about it. And I think that strategy's worked out well because they all tell me I don't like driver recruiters. They they come and they tell me I'll make seven thousand dollars a week, and then you know it's not true. And so my approach has just been like, hey, I'm not a driver recruiter. Um, I think this is what you could probably make pretty realistically. And, uh, I mean, it's been fun. It's been fun doing jobs. You know, like a little bit different jobs. So yeah lately john is challenging me he told me lida if i look like you i would make fifty thousand, no five million so now my yeah. son is making five million let's see if i can if i can do it <laughs> john is challenging me <laughs> who's challenging you john my no, I john, Rod john rogers he said if i look like you i would be at 80 percent. and last time he said i have to make five million so Let's see if I can do that, guys. <laughs> you and John aren't too uh, far apart, are you guys? I know John's yeah, we decided to meet uh, one day. He's in Tennessee, not too far away. Yeah. Well, it was uh, it was fun having you on. Um, I know we've known each other. And we we talk, um, you know, occasionally. So it's always cool to uh, you know connect face to well face to face virtually and. <laughs> um, yeah, it, was, it was a lot of fun uh, a lot of fun having you uh having you on maybe maybe you'll come to uh the broker carrier summit alex and i are thinking of going to that in uh oh, why in, not what state is kansas you said yeah kansas in april okay okay yeah, if you ever I find yourself in europe give me a show you know everything's oh, pretty cool i want i here. want to come alex i want to just get my laptop because i went to greece i, I want to get my laptop and being in Europe for one year, six months. I'm thinking about going to Greece. Uh, I don't know exactly where, but that's the one place I haven't gone yet since I came you out. You have to go to Mykonos. Take your Mykonos. girlfriend and go and party a lot in Mykonos. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Greece is definitely one of the next stops uh, I'm thinking about. So. 
Well, yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Finally meet you. Like, yeah. uh, I've just seen you around LinkedIn. It was, it was cool to talk to you. I learned a lot about you that I didn't know, so it was awesome. Great. Thank you guys for inviting. Have a great day. Hey, have a good rest of your day. Mm-hmm. Bye. 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 All was fun. All right, yeah, back to, to covering trucks, man. I had two canceled loads in the past hours. So. <laughs> hey, before we forget, we are sponsored by uh, HD Ships. They're in the bottom right-hand corner, one of the premier agent programs out there. Um, great company. Um, and yeah, we appreciate their, uh, their sponsorship. Um, but yeah, we'll be back, uh, back tomorrow at 10 o'clock with one of Alex's, uh, friends, uh, that Alex has actually met in person in Serbia. Yeah. And good job, man. Good, good job bringing Lita on. It was nice to, to talk to her short notice. You know, you guys got, got that scheduled and just interesting. You know, I, I didn't meet anybody that did all three of those jobs. I don't think yet. So. Yeah, no, she's a she's got a really cool story and yeah really great, cool. so we talked person. before the show you know a little bit about you know where she came from and it's just it's cool to meet these type of people so well I saw happy chris, wednesday man yeah i saw before we go i saw chris's comment someone say power only you got to reach out to chris man i i told you they got a lot of power only freight yeah uh what company is that i think i reached out to somebody yeah 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 i tagged you in yesterday i sent them the email we have one second uh where is it now um we ended up somebody sent me an email back uh about what they're doing over there yeah i found it here ship 10 logistics below is where we're currently running consistent po work and they gave me some lanes so i am in contact with them about that all right good stuff man all right well I'll, i'll see you tomorrow yep